Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Quest podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, we are a podcast that usually watches films, but sometimes we talk about TV programs. We watch films, it's usually based around a theme, and then we talk about that and then we rate those films against each other. This week, we are talking about Paprika, the Japanese anime. But before we get to that, we've got some feedback from the last couple of weeks from a long-time listener, Mr. Lewis, also guest actually. Um, Lewis had many things to say, so I'm just going to read it out and then we can chat about it. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, hi, Johnny. Uh, hi, Ant. Hi. Oh, my hi. word. It's okay. Bad podcast. No, we're always here, so don't worry about us. We're here Bad listening. podcast. Bad podcast. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I felt like I was getting a good idea of what it's like to listen to this podcast. It was kind of nice. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'll just be quiet for the rest of the show. I'll do a Johnny and just just be quiet for the rest of the show. Yeah, just pop oh. up and sniper <laughs> sniper comment every now and again. Well. Do you want to do the feedback first, or do you? Do yeah, you, let's hear it. Do Do you want to talk about it? like maybe I haven't I haven't talked to my boys? For no, a while, we'll do so. we'll just do feedback. Come on, sh- sh- get straight right, into okay. it. Okay, okay. So Lewis said, so he binged he binged a bunch of podcasts in a uh. day. So he was he was all movie quest id up. So he said, uh, love listening to you passionately talk about um, when we are born, which is the um, sort of music movie piece that I saw. And then he said, as soon as you said he was Icelandic, I paused it and made a coffee because I thought, I'm going to be here a while. <laughs> um, then he put, just got you talking smack about Snyder Cut before Ant had even watched it. Um, he's really enjoying the, the this season's like theme. So he loved the escape theme. He's loving like all the movie choices. So he's very happy with those. Um, he said that Red Eye is the best escape film. Have you guys ever seen Red I Eye? Don't I don't even know what that is. I think I've ever heard of it, so I'm going to quickly Google it now. Isn't that like an illness? Or is it that when someone's high, they have like red eyes? Isn't it? No, Red Eye is uh, the, so when you get like, I think it's more of an American phrase. It's when you get a plane that, that you sleep on, I think. Oh, right. So okay. it's a, I'm guessing this is a fil- film based around a flight. Yeah. Oh, it's got um, Rachel McAdams in it. The Wes Craven film. So, you know, that nice scream and other horror films and stuff. Does it look good? Uh, I mean... Lisa, a manager in a hotel, is forced by Jackson, an agent of a terrorist organization, to help him in a mission to kill a top U.S. official. Mm. Sounds sounds dead boring. I mean, it's 2005, but it's got Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy, is that it? And Brian Cox. So it's got some good actors in it. Actually, yeah, Um, yeah, to be fair. And plus, like, the dude who made Scream made it, so it's probably... Probably worth watching Probably it. Good. Yeah. Maybe. Could be on to a winner there, Lewis. Um he also said, and you've just become his best friend because you said that you like the Snyder cut. <laughs> so that's that's I just I just gotta tell the truth and the you know the truth was I liked it. I'm not afraid to say it. it good. Uh, no, no, I know a lot of people did enjoy it, so good for them. Um he said as well. Last thing, uh, two last two things actually. He said, "Did you keep calling him Darkseed to irritate me?" Probably. Um, and also, he agrees with our Lord of the Rings comparison. I have no idea. Like, it was that long ago that. Oh, it was. It's this like they're trying to go for like a bigger sort of fantasy, sort oh. of bigger world thing, and they went, went kind of Lord of the Ringsy in parts of it. That's, so. that's what they're saying. Listeners, if you have any feedback, like Lewis, you can always contact us. Um, by email, by emailing us at podcast at themoviequest.com or you can follow us on Instagram at themoviequest. We're always welcoming feedback, good or bad, because, you know, we've heard at the start of this episode how bad I can be at 
hosting a podcast. So there we go. Anyway, has anybody been watching anything? I've only got one thing to talk about. I have two things to talk about. I bet you one of your things is the same as my thing. Probably not. Is it? Oh, really? Probably not. I doubt it. Oh, I very much doubt that you've watched what I've watched. <laughs> Um, Johnny? All right, well, I'll go first. Okay. I, I watched um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ah, yeah. This TV so program. so this is the the sort of Disney Plus uh, original series based in the Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah, which they've they've sort of been doing. The next one I think is Loki, which looks Loki. Yeah, low- I sent you the trailer for that, didn't I? You, you sent you guys the trailer because I thought that looked really fun. It does look cool. It, it reminded me a little bit of. Uh, the good place in terms of how they're playing with realities yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It looked quite fun. Yeah, I've got, I'll be honest. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Nothing about the premise of it has really got me interested. So I've just not bothered looking at it. So it it just sort of gives you the context for like who the next Captain America is going to be. You know, like obviously the Falcon being a, like a black American, like a black man. You know, wearing the stars and stripes has its own connotations, and they explore. Mm what that means for him as a character and what that means for like the nation um and uh it does that i think i mean it does a a decent job of it i think i mean i don't i i'm I'm a white dude talking about a subject that i have so no like I, i don't know anything about it so please bear with me but you know Towards at the start, it didn't feel like that great the way that they were doing it, and then towards the end, like, um, they seemed to really um talk about it with a bit more like strength, and it was quite good. So is it? Um, is this? Sorry, is this? What? How many episodes are out now? It's just six episodes. And all six are out. Yeah, they're all out. So it's finished. Oh, I don't. Did think they come out? Did it come out then. weekly, or was it just all out at once? Yeah, weekly. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, on Disney Plus. So um, I, I'd watched. I'd not. Sorry, I'd not watched the Shield because I heard bad things about it although some people have told me it's good but because it just looked like a sort of cheap knockoff of what, what i mean you watch the avengers and it's like so so much budget and so much like well, that's what this spectacle has. is does it feel more like a film it's avengers it's an avengers but tv, TV program, sh- like right, a film yeah. and it, it follows like there's like a sort of um it's the sort of mini avengers the winter soldiers and the falcon fighting like this sort of terrorist group mm. who are fighting for like freedom fighters not terrorists but like a freedom fighter mm. group um, who are trying to sort of fight for the rights of the people, you know, who returns, you know, the way that they did the snap and then the people that came yeah, back, yeah, yeah. there was this whole thing. And um, so they were sort of like fighting for those people because obviously they came back five years later and like it explores that sort of stuff. But anyway, the program was fine. Um, I think a lot of people would have enjoyed it more than One Division. I think I preferred One Division because it was a bit weirder. But the action in it is top budget. Like it feels very much like you're watching Avengers. Is it approachable like, if you don't care much about Avengers, or do you sort of have to care? I about think so. Yeah, right, I yeah. think you could get away. It's like a sort of buddy cop film. Okay, it's like the the sort of pit, like the Winter Soldier. What, what I liked about One Division was with One Division, uh, Wonder and, and Vision uh, weren't like they were in the Avengers, and they were like you recognize them and stuff. But yeah, they were yeah. sort of this more periphery characters. You didn't really know much about them. And what I liked about it is it fleshed them out into really fo- interesting and like, yeah. Like I'd, I, if you were to tell me five years ago, oh, we're gonna make a show about these two characters, I'd be like, well, okay, fine. I mean, not particularly that interested in them. But it ended up being one of the more like 
fun and interesting and sort of like they're my favorite cool. some of my favorite characters now of the Avengers. I kind of want when I I want to go back and watch Avengers and see bits of them previously. Yeah. So I'm kind of again similar to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've never cared too much about either of those characters but, just because they're sort of not periphery ones. So I'm kind of kind of looking forward to that. That would be quite fun. Also, I'm looking forward to getting some more use out of my Disney Plus. To be honest, like yeah, yeah. watch One Division. I watched like watch some occasional Disney films, but apart from that, I'm like, come on, give me some more stuff. So yeah, I should get, I should probably get into this. Watch Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta. yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, it's good. Like you know what? I think if you're a Marvel fan or if you just want something easy, just watch watch Captain. Sorry, the Falcon. The budget for that for that series, I worked. I bet it was. I worked it out. Eight thousand dollars a second. <laughs> Yeah, it's astronomical. <laughs> like, it's insane. $8,000 a second. Imagine that. Yeah. Crikey, Mikey. It's almost how much we, how much we get paid for this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh. <laughs> mm. We're never getting paid it, for this it's podcast. It's all paid in. There's nothing clear. I'm not going <laughs> to get anything coming out. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? We do it for the love of films. Imagine, it, like, what, what would be, like, imagine if we became, like, mega superstars. Of like the podcast, where we could be like you, Aaron Whitcroft. <laughs> you could be the next Ira Glass, or mm. I don't, I don't know any other famous <laughs> podcasters. I was, I was complaining today on the WhatsApp. I was listening to a podcast today. I'm going to name a show. It's a Jamie Carragher football podcast, right? And this is this guy must have like he probably hundreds, about eight hundreds, hundreds and thousands of listeners. I know I for a fact that it's really popular. And the audio quality is terrible. Like they're doing it over Zoom, like we are currently, but they're just using the direct Zoom recording and not even bothering to clean mm. it up or record. Like we record locally so we can have like nicer quality audio when we sync it up and stuff. None of that. It's just like, and there's words that are missing. It's cut. It's just like, ugh, echoey background. I just, I, know, I, 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 I'm not saying like we're a better podcast or anything like that, but I, I, I just feel like if you're going to make a podcast that's popular, at least. Do the, them in basics. <laughs> Carragher, if you're listening, if you want us to give us some tips on how to oh, run your podcast, let us yeah, know. Yeah, of course. Jamie Carragher is uh, definitely listening to this podcast. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that Leeds um, Man United game the other day as well. He had, he had to commentate that. I'm sure that was dead boring. Anyway. Um, the one where the one we're all going to show, I said, it's going to be definitely not going to be yeah, nil-nil. It's gonna be goals. It's going to be goals crazy. No, nothing. Why <laughs> To be fair, I, I was looking forward to the Liverpool game for that. Liverpool versus Leeds, and it was a bit boring as well. But anyway. What have you been watching? Okay, so I was away last weekend in the Lake District. Uh, Ooh, fancy. Uh, so did you watch the Lakes? Uh, no, I don't know. We were near Coniston a little bit, but not, not mega close to the actual water. But we were stuck with terrestrial TV. I think it was free sat instead of free view, so you get like two hundred channels. Oh, I've never I've ever I've ever interacted with that thing. I I know it's a it's a, it's a thing that exists, but I've never actually ever like I don't think I've ever seen anything through free sat or know anyone who really? has it. No. Yeah, it's um you have to have it in certain areas of the country, but right. there's a lot more channels. Uh, like none of them are like really that great. But anyway, so like ITV three, four, I don't know which one it was. It was one of the ITVs was showing We're the Millers. Ah, which is, oh yeah. So yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. comedy the comedy. Comedy crime 
with film. Um, Rachel from Friends. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've heard right. this is good. I've heard I've heard good things about this film. Yeah, I missed the, f- the first two minutes. I'd scanned through all two hundred channels, and this was the best of the bunch. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, it's got uh, Jennifer Anderson. I put Sanderson for some reason. <laughs> uh, Emma Roberts, uh, Jason Sudeikis, and Will Poulter, and it also features Nick Offerman um, as sort of like uh, an oddball character who comes in occasionally during the film. But it's uh, basically um, Jason uh, Sudeikis is uh, like a pot dealer. And he gets robbed and like loses all his kind of cash that he owes his his dealer. And to pay him back, he's asked to go to Mexico to bring back a huge shipment of drugs. But he has this amazing idea that uh, to get through the border, he should just get like a big camper van and pretend to be on a family holiday with people he just recruits to, to be his family and pretend to um, kind of just be like this kooky family carrying all this uh, drugs around it's pretty good like i i didn't think much of it um to begin with but as it went on it like got a lot better uh it's kind of like maybe similar to like bridesmaids but not yeah. as many kind of com- like gags and stuff like that have you guys um, seen much of jason sudeikis in it because i know like i've heard of his name and i've watched ted lasso but apart from that i don't think i've ever seen anything else with him but i know he's like a he's like a a well-liked sort of comedy actor. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he was pretty good in this. Uh, I've seen him in Horrible Bosses, unfortunately. Oh, I don't yeah, know why I decided to watch that film. Um, yeah, I don't know what else he's been in. Hall I wonder if it, I've seen... Uh, I don't know, I can't remember. I've seen this film before, which is good. Like, it, I mean, it was a long, 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 long time ago. These sort of American comedies are always a bit like... They, just, they sort of go with way, don't they? They could be sometimes really. It depends. On, I think it also depends on what sort of mood you're in when you watch it. If you want to go yeah. with it, like there's a few like the sort of you know this is the end and the sort you know um, knocked up and th- those sort of uh, what's his name? He does them. Um, uh, oh, Jude Apatow. Jude Ap- yeah, the Apatow films. A lot of those. Sort of like again, I can go into them and really enjoy them, and other times I just like not in the mood for them. Really, like goes it goes either way for me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it was fine. I'm not saying it's like the best film ever made, but like at that time and place, it was just it was just entertaining to watch. Mm. There was nothing much to it. The story is pretty straightforward, unlike something else we're going to talk about later on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, a an easy Saturday night film. The guy who chose it for ITV seemed, I think he hit the nail on the head with something yeah. that was suitable for a, for a sunny Saturday night. Do you guys still pay for your TV? Do you, have, do you both have TV licenses? Yeah, I do. We watch the Spring Watch and watch and stuff, and then um, we have a, yeah, there's a few things like that we watch, so we still pay for them. And do you think you get your money's worth? Like, and this isn't me being like you're not No, like, what I, I'm I, is like, I don't think so. But like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I I like the fact that we get the BBC's like ad free. I do like that, and I do listen to quite a lot of the BBC podcasts and stuff. So mm-hmm. on that that start front, I think it's good. But I think in general, I don't think there's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult, it's, but like. 
they, they well they just because they were exploring the model weren't they they were exploring the model they were going to change it and then basically the government have sort of come back and said no we're happy with this model until yeah. 2030 and i was like okay so the reason it's gone down so many viewers is because that model doesn't work and like have you ever other streaming the, services do. there's a there's a website i came across randomly when i was in a, in a google rabbit hole of uh, a guy <laughs> who has documented every single tv license letter he's gotten he's gotten from the tv license company over the last like 20 years and like Whoa. it goes into like how like they try and pretend to be different things and like it's all like it's like it's quite quite a fascinating little rabbit hole to go down of like all these different like letters you can get and basically they're not allowed to look in your house uh yeah, like, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but they, but <laughs> they tr- really that. try and get you to like to, to pay for these licenses even if you're not in, you know some people seem to get targeted more i've never i've never been really targeted i mean we pay for ours at the moment but even in the past when i've said we don't have a tv we don't watch tv live tv or whatever we've never been bothered but i know some people who are like constantly bothered by them um, no you just sign a little form online yeah. saying that you know you don't you watch netflix and they go okay and then they don't bother you for like two years yeah, yeah. i feel like they know now like i think they used to hound you like when we were students they seemed to hound us a lot more yeah. like about get your license get your license you not got your license but i think it's kind of like more acceptable like uh, i'm not just not gonna watch tv and because i've got there's so many streaming stuff like i don't have yeah. enough things but like when i went away like um they had tv there which was under a different license so it was just like nice just to scroll through live stuff but mm. That was the only kind of okay-ish thing on a Saturday night, which is probably primetime TV. It's just sort of think, mm, maybe not worth getting a TV license if that's the best they've got to offer. But mm, you can yeah. pretty much guarantee there's always a James Bond on somewhere if you search yeah. hard enough. <laughs> I find um, over Christmas, I mean, like, I've talked about this in the past, I've got a Plex server that has, um, I can record movies off TV and I... Over Christmas, that's where I get Plex uh, Plus, which allows me to record them. And I, I I get about 70 or 80 films. There's, like, so much over Christmas that you can record. So that's, like, oh, I mean, yeah, like, I get... It's kind of annoying. I, sometimes I get a bit f- fed up with it. But, like, there's, like, things like the Olympics and live stuff like that, I really I really do enjoy. Although, obviously, this year's mm-hmm. not happened. But, you know, I don't, actually, I'm not even sure if the Euros are, are on any sort of terrestrial TV. I'm assuming there would be on ITV and BBC. Yeah, I think so. Can't wait. You don't can have to pay for ITV, really. You can you can just get, you can download the so adverts, so they just download the, the apps and stuff. That's what I mean. It's just, it's weird now. It's just basically, it's the BBC on their own little yeah. island. And I'm like, okay, yeah. everyone else is doing this other thing and you're choosing to do this. But it's I do like the fact that they're able to be funded by, they're not have to, have to worry about advertisers. They can do stuff, like do whatever they want, I guess. Mm. And they do offer a lot of, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff they do, but yeah. If only there was like Netflix, which mm-hmm. is also advert free and yeah, crazy. But you just have to pay for it, don't you? It's like you pay for Netflix, yeah, you, you pay do. for BBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I think my my biggest complaint with BBC is like I don't I don't dislike it. I just think I would like the option like I've got with other things is to hop in and hop out. So there's only like maybe three or four TV programs a year. Maybe you need that, to move I'll... to America and then use that Brit box yeah. thing. They've got the yeah, streaming yeah, yeah, service. Because like the cost um, of it is way more than any other streaming service, isn't it? It's like hundred fifty nine pounds. Is it? Hundred fifty nine. Netflix is very expensive. Net. Well, how much is Netflix? Like eight. You know, nine, annoying, nine, what what does annoy me about BBC? Okay, I watch Match a Day on the on a weekend, but their quality is terrible. BBC iPlayer is terrible for live TV. Get 
need to start watching Match of the Day, right? Gary Lineker. No. No, he's great. I, I'm I, done. No, I like no, him. No, I'm done. I'm done with Gary Lineker, <sighs> right? He tweeted, sorry, I know this is right. He, this is the message. To, I watched this game. He was like, that was one of the best performances in an away leg by an English side in the history of European football. Absolutely outstanding for Man City. Paid by Man City. Like, Lineker, get out of my life. The goal wasn't even supposed to go in. You're tapped in the head, mate. Get gone. Done with it. Done with it. I wish it. And again, this isn't the only tweet. This isn't the only tweet that I've watched him tweet out where I'm like, what? Were you, you were watching a completely different football game than me. Get out. I feel like we should be like, like, released the, the video day. of this. <laughs> yeah. Match of the day, dead to me. And find something better to watch about football. You know what? YouTube highlights. Wow, you're an angry man. Better. Angry man here. I am, yeah. I just like, couldn't. I just, when he tweeted that, He's always tweeting stuff. You can't listen to everything he tweets. He's always, always tweeting stuff. Yeah, but he's the host. If you and live you in a care home, it only costs you £7.50 mm, for TV licence. So something, you know. And what have you been watching? <laughs> I've watched two things. The first thing... Two things. I don't know why I picked this. I guess I was just really in the mood of watching a film. Basically, I've been doing a whole... I mean, an amazing thing has happened recently. Um, I've been playing Valheim. Which is an online yeah. sort of Minecraft type of game where you, but you're Vikings, where you can build your own world and stuff. It's been great. Mm. But what's mm. amazing about it is when playing with my wife Mel, like me and Mel got into it together, and we've been That's spending cool. our evenings playing it together, and it's been really fun to play a game with her. Like we have never done read, we don't we we play games occasionally, but like it's been quite a fun thing to get her into. Um, because it's quite a hardcore game, and she's really enjoying it. So I haven't been watching much. However, the other night, got I was quite tired. I was like, well, not, well, I was quite ready to just like not think about Valheim because that's what I've been thinking about for the last few weeks. I wanted to watch something and just sort of turn my brain off a little bit. Um, we're on Netflix and you know, usually you go on Netflix and you get that horrible thing of trying to decide what you want to watch and you're scrolling through things for hours and hours and hours. And it just it's just really annoying. Uh, th- I went on Netflix and within like the first minute, this popped up and I was like, ooh, yeah, I want to watch this. So I popped on, oh, brother, we're out though. Oh, nice. Good, good film. Which is the, the so this is the, uh, the Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Uh, set in 1937. It stars George Clooney, John Totoro, Tim Blake Nelson, and John Goodman. Um, and it's basically about three escaped convicts who are on the run sort of going like a bit of a journey across, I guess, the state or throughout America. This long journey, trying to get back to this some location to try and uh, find this buried money that he he uh, had stolen and he buried and trying to get back. I think it's like $1.3 million or whatever it was. And um, and basically it's like, you know, they're trying to overcome all these different obstacles to find another way. It's a bit of a road trip movie. Um, and... It's definitely the. I think it's probably the most outright comedy of a Coen Brothers film I've seen. Um, it's really funny, really, really sort of light and fun. Um, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a weird one. When I was watching it, I wasn't really sure what to expect, uh, and I couldn't. I sort of like. It's very. It's kind of odd in a lot. It's in a lot of places. It's based on the um, the story of Homer's Odyssey, 
Um, and there's different like elements from it. So like there's the sirens that like lower him in, and then there's a Cyclops character played by John Goodman who's got like just like an eye patch and stuff. But um, yeah, it's I don't really know how to explain it. It's it's really fun. It, there's some great music scenes in it. Um, the uh, what what do they call the soggy bo- soggy bottom boys or something like it's just like brilliant. And there's some good like live music scenes in it. Um, George Clooney's really good in it as well. Like and I, yeah, he's great. I haven't I, I mean like, I haven't watched a load of stuff with George Clooney, but I feel like after EI, I feel like he was trying to do a lot more serious stuff. So I've seen like I think it's the American and a few other things where he's been in where he's trying to be more serious and sort of suave and stuff. And this is like playing a bit of an idiot. Well, he's like an idiot who thinks he's really clever and there's a lot there's a lot of comedy in it. It's good. Um yeah, I mean like I wasn't quite I didn't really know what to expect with it, but I've just it went down really, really smooth and I really enjoyed it yeah, and just like just yeah, it was really a lot of fun. Um It's it's a bit like it's good it's like quite outlandish yeah um yeah for all the best reasons i haven't seen it in years but um i was actually thinking about it the other day um it's always one of those ones with I, I the, the poster makes it look quite serious for some reason i don't know why but i don't yeah. think it gives it sells it very well i was also i watched the trailer for it on imd earlier on because i was prepping for the pod and like the original trailer for it i don't think it really understands what they were going for it's like it's similar to we watched listen to that trailer for american beauty last week or wait for where like the train like they try and frame it in like a comedy or whatever edit or like and just don't really capture what the film is about um but yeah like george Clooney's great in it john turturro is great some really funny dialogue and it's just it's not something you have to really care that much about either it's quite light-hearted and just fun and yeah i'd recommend it good good uh a good watch. I just want to interject and say that they've done a fair few comedies. No, they have done comedies. Oh, obviously, they've done yeah. like obviously like the uh, Big Lebowski and mm, um, Caesar, Raising yeah. Arizona. I know, yeah, but I haven't I haven't seen tons of them to be honest. Um, um, serious man. And there's a few that I need to, you know, I need, but like obviously they got like No Country for All Men and stuff like that, like more yeah, more serious. serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, inside the Lo- Days as well. So. Yeah, inside the Days as well. Like, yeah, exactly. But um, oh <laughs> yeah, make me want. I mean, I, I really want to watch Barton Think. Barton Think next. I think that's probably one I want to watch next. Um, because nice. I've heard good things about that as well. But it's just nice to like, I don't know, just sort of the good good directors and make good yeah, films. Yeah. <laughs> like did nice you watch uh, uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? <laughs> yes. Did you? And did you? I couldn't remember if you liked that or you didn't like. So it. when I originally watched it, I couldn't get into it. I turned it off after the first, the first short story. But then I went back, and then for some reason it just clicked to me. I loved it, and it was really fun. And the main guy in that, I think the the main the the sort of first initial song he does, and like the the the, the um the guy in it, he's Tim one Blake. of the one of the three. Nelson. Yeah, Tim Blake. He's one of the three of of this. So I was like, I recognized him, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I I, I do quite enjoy usually quite enjoy the Coen Brothers film. Like Fargo is up there, one of the best films. Like I really love that film, and um, this one's similarly good. It's a bit more like wacky and stuff, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's a great fit, short, uh, great film. The other yeah. thing I watched. So after watching Paprika for this week's we talked about, I watched a YouTube documentary, which I'll talk about later, about um, the director of Paprika and um, cool. 
But then I started, wa- I watched some other stuff and I, wa- I found a clip of Hayao Miyazaki watching his son's first oh, attempt, um, uh, Goro, the... um, which was Tales of Ursi. And it was like yeah, a yeah, sort yeah. of like a short clip on YouTube of um, of him reacting to him watch, watching it in the cinema. And he, I think he walks out at one point, and you're just like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And I was like, in, I was really like intrigued by the dynamic between the son and the the father. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I want to watch this, where this has come from. So I did a quick search, and I found out that there's a documentary called "The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness." Yeah. Um, yeah. It turns out it wasn't that documentary. It was that clip was from something else. But I uh, I watched this anyway. But that's just about ha- this, this is just about Hayo though, right? Yeah. So 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 this documentary is basically about it's about Studio Ghibli, but it's mostly about Hayao yeah. Miyazaki. It's about him his process at working on The Wind Rises, which came out a few years ago. Um, it's a film about uh, World War Two fighter pilot i think and it's sort of based on his dad and um oh it's not it's not sort of about it's about the designing the of the, yeah, the planes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i haven't yeah. i haven't seen that film there's quite oh, it's, there's, it's there's quite a few ghibli films i haven't seen unfortunately but it's a good film. It's a good obviously film. like it's, it's a ghibli film and i'm quite oh i should probably watch it anyway i watched the documentary it's basically like a day-to-day sort of the sort of day-to-day life of, of hayao miyazaki and the sort of the running of the studio have you seen this, Aaron? At all this documentary? No, 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 no. It's been it's been on my like. I need to watch this list. I've seen bits about it because I, obviously the good thing about YouTube is yeah, like, clips of it and stuff. Apart yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So, um, did you enjoy it? Did you learn it? I I really liked it. It's really yeah, it's nice. Such an interesting. Dude. So yeah, like he's he's not like he's not the most lovable person in the world. Like no, some of the stuff he know. like. He, but he's definitely an artist and he's a really interesting guy. He's really, it's really hard to explain, but like there's something about him. He's got an aura that these sort of great people have. Like you look at Steve Jobs or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people. I think, I I think the thing that strikes me about him is the way that he thinks about things isn't the same as a lot of other people. Like he's very like, he thinks outside of the box a lot of the time. And And you see a lot of that in this film. Like there's lots of um, conversations with the the, the person who's filming the documentary is chatting to him. And, you know, things like during this filming, I think six months before, like the nuclear uh, power plant Fukushima happened, that that Mm -hmm. incident happened. So there's a lot of that talking about him, him, there's a lot of him talking about that. There's a lot of him talking about the sort of otaku culture, of people who are obsessed mm-hmm. with manga and anime and stuff. There's <laughs> stuff to him talking about um, just in just like why he makes films. Like and at certain mm-hmm. points, he's like, I don't know why I make films. Why I'm <laughs> why am I making this film currently? That's why he keeps quitting. How did I get into this back. situation where I'm making this film? It's, it's interesting. Um, you see sort of process of how he comes up with the stories, which is fascinating to me. Like, yeah, like yeah. he write, he does the storyboards. This is, I, I couldn't believe this when I was watching it. He does the storyboards. He doesn't have a clue where it's going to go. He's just, he's just drawing the storyboards. And like, that's class. And he just looks at it as, he looks at it from a point of view of the characters. And then, you see him. Like, Wait, so then the script comes after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in his head. <laughs> it's all in his head. <laughs> it's fascinating. He's He's doing like, He's doing the storyboards and he's got this stopwatch timer that he's using. And you can see in his head as he's drawing the things out and he's like using the stopwatch 
and then all these obviously he's got these scenes in his head that are all working out and he's using his stopwatch timer and like he's like oh no that's not right it's too long so then he does it again and you watch him oh yeah it's quicker and he enjoys it and it's like it's, it's like I don't know how it it's it's amazing yeah. to see someone working and you can see him like literally it's almost like watching like it's going to sound ridiculous but it's almost like watching like Leonardo da Vinci his process or like you know what I mean like Picasso or something like because this to me this is what I mean like we could so I, basically I got into the, I got, got I started watching this because I was interested in the whole like dynamic between Goro and Hayo so the Goro is his son who made who wasn't an animator he he was a um he decided to not do my animation because he wanted to sort of do it something different. So he went into like architecture and stuff and he made the Ghibli Museum and then he got pulled in by the studio, like the people, the top, you know, sort of the, the higher ups of, of Studio Ghibli. And they wanted him to come in and help with the, direct some of the films because they wanted to have a Miyazaki name to the film, basically. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. he's obviously not got the experience that, Miyazaki has and he doesn't like actually what the, the main reason why I started watching this was um, I went down this sort of rabbit hole of watching these YouTube videos was because I watched a video about Earwig and the Witch is it called the new oh, the, new, the one. new CGI one and about what it seems like it's gone down like a lead balloon like people yeah, don't like yeah, it, wow. and it and I've watched some clips of it and it does it seems to lack a lot of the sort of to sort was of, it done by Goro? Yeah, it was Goro who sort of ah, led right, it. Okay, I mean the Earth is not. Yeah, great maybe yeah. he should just stick to. And it's tricky. I mean, we've talked yeah. about it a little bit, you know, like it, it, the the stuff we do with like uh, Miyazaki, uh, sorry, um, Hayo and, and and Goro is like it's allegedly like it's not there's not there's no confirmation that there was like bad blood between them. Yeah, but um, anyway, so that's where I got into this watching this documentary. It's it's really good. It's like it's not like a, like a mind blowing or anything, but it's just it's really nice to watch him like a master at his work. It's like it's similar to like Jiro Dreams of Sushi in terms of like watching a master at work oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've seen him doing like film. all his like sort of storyboarding. You've seen him picking the posters. You've seen him um, like giving feedback to the all the other artists in there, and they're like super scared of him and like. Okay, he's like just like a perfectionist in some ways, and uh, but then you go, but then you see these like beautiful moments where he's going out onto the top of the roof, and he's like, like just he does like he has his like daily routines he does, and like he's like looking at the nature. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Guy. Wh- like he's just, like, yeah, one he's, thing that's why you see. F- I mean, there's always sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I was gonna say that's why he's like one of the titans of animation. Yeah, but one thing you've, it's interesting about it is it seems like. It, the studio itself seems like it's like in a different time zone. It's a different like world. Like it doesn't feel like it's part of that's now. That's what they want though. It's so old school, like some of the stuff they do. Yeah. And that's, um, what, that's what they're going for. And it's just like the the dynamics don't seem like, you know, I can't imagine this is how Disney works or Pixar works or whatever. Like the way it, the way that the like workplace dynamics work is very feels very old school. And it also feels unfortunately like I feel like as soon as Hayao Miyazaki goes, he's like the main guy. Yes. As soon as he's gone, or he retires eventually, because he keeps on threatening he's going to retire, I feel like that's going to be the end of Ghibli, to be honest. I think, I think it already is declining. Yeah. Like, I think it's already... But he is doing another film. He's not give, He's not retired. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. He's doing... He's I think he's 75 now, and he's doing... His next one 
um, that he's working on. Sorry, one sec. See, yeah, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's, it's got a name yet. It's untitled, isn't uh, it? How do you live? Is the new one apparently? All oh, right, it's got a title. Um, yeah, which is, but he keeps on threatening. He's he keeps going to retire, but he hasn't. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll talk about it um, when it comes out. Let's talk about another titan of the Japanese animation world. Let's talk about Satoshi Kon's Paprika. So, Satoshi Kon is known for um, Tokyo Godfathers, Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, um, and obviously Paprika. So he he's seen as like uh, there's a bunch of different other sort of animated animators were like kind of one side of Japan's animation movie world and then you had like Ghibli which is the other side so one was more like I guess serious like like your Akira's your Paprika's you got you know you took your Godfather's um things like that which sort of inspired things like um the girl who leapt through time that guy that director and then you've got your like Hayao Miyazaki which is your very like Disney-esque stuff so Paprika came out in 2006. It is the last film, unfortunately, that Satoshi Kon worked on because unfortunately he passed away after that, which is really sad because I think Paprika, Love or Hate It, was taking him, taking sort of Japanese animation in a really interesting direction. And unfortunately, that sort of paused that. It's done, um, published by Madhouse. The film um, is Inception. <laughs> um, basically, uh, I'll just read a synopsis. When a machine that allows therapists to enter their patients' dreams is stolen, all hell breaks loose. Only a young female therapist, Paprika, can stop it. So essentially, the film is about reality and dreams merging together. But is it about that? And that is what I wanted to talk about. Because I don't think we could talk through the story oh no it's so confusing yeah yeah i was as well as i was watching this i was thinking damn you aaron how are we going to discuss this on the podcast because it's very elaborate and confusing and and i think it's meant to be it's not meant to be straightforward this is to me this is a film which meant to be watched multiple times and you're meant to get like different it's so you know when you go watch it you go look at a, a painting in a museum and you get different people different people get different like ideas from it and there's lots of different lot of like sort of meanings in it i feel like this is one of those films that's so that's what i wanted to like i basically kind of wanted just to peck both your heads about like what sort of themes came up whenever you watched it and what like you thought the film was trying to say and like maybe like what things you enjoyed about it and what things you didn't enjoy about it um Oh, I also want to say that it's based off a, a book as well. So firstly, uh, the first main question is, how did you guys watch it? Did you watch it in English? Did you watch it in Japanese? I watched Japanese subtitles. Right. So well, no, Johnny, English subtitles, you, you, not Japanese. Sorry. English <laughs> yeah. subtitles, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you read it in Japanese. Uh, did, did, um, so you said same, man. Yeah, I watched it. I bought it on, um, what did I buy it on? On YouTube, I think. YouTube. Yeah. Was I watched both. Both cuts. You watched both of them. I watched. You watched it twice. Wait, so there's. Uh, wait, so there's. I watched it There's twice. different versions of the film. 
Uh, there's just an American like dub, and then oh, okay. Like, uh, uh, but I, I would watched, say sorry, like, so. I watched on Amazon, and I looked to see if there was an English dub because because Mel. Oh, okay. Because we started watching it, and straight away I thought Mel's probably not going to engage with us that well because it is very confusing, and she wasn't. Sorry, she wasn't. Yeah, in, yeah. She, sorry, she wasn't engaged. She the first like few minutes she was just like, what's going on? So I was like, oh maybe there's an English dub that might make it a bit easier. But there wasn't that wasn't available on the uh, on. It actually said the yeah. the audio said it was English, and I was like, hmm, definitely not English. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's so true. Um, so like, yeah, I watched both versions, and like, I'd have to say that the American version is a little bit different. Like, there's a lot of like, do you know the big character? Um, what's his name? Is it Takita Kasoko? Um, yeah, so there's like a lot of fat shaming in the American version, like a lot, where I was like to an uncomfortable level of like, that's weird that you're doing that. Um, but like, um, in the Japanese version, it's not like that. It's there was some, there like was some. No, yeah, but th- the thing that the difference is like, it was more coming from the characters being douchebags rather than like, right, okay. it just being like really awkward to sort of deal with couple of things before we go uh the intro that bit at the start that was that little like the client getting out of the yeah, car yeah. sums up the whole point of the film um just so you know and secondly you know the other intro where she's um paprika's like running through the city and doing all this like cool yeah. stuff um those are just bits that didn't get added to the film but Satoshi was like, they're cool, so let's just cut it off. You mean the, the, the intro credits? The, the intro credits, where she's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah, moving yeah. between different things. Yeah. Like set pieces and, yeah. and stuff like that. So those are just some cool little things. Um, okay. So. So. Do you want to quickly just go what? over the what happens in this film? Very quickly, just briefly. I know it's hard to go into too much detail, but. Yeah, I mean, I could. Did I you, sorry, did you do a synopsis? Want, like, sorry, or did I miss that? Yeah, I did, oh. did, did a synopsis, but like, basically like, what happens is like this dream machine gets taken by the CEO of the company mm-hmm. who who can't walk, and he works with uh, a bad scientist to basically rig the machine so that like they can invade other people's dreams and then like get them to do things in reality. But then the machine's so powerful that what happens is like the the CEO of the company basically breaks through... The, the the I guess the reality barrier and starts to like take over the world. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's about like dream. I guess it's like dreams yeah, becoming reality for some. But people. then you've, but then you've got like the character of the, the police officer who's trying to deal with his dreams, and he's got a dreams psychologist who's Paprika, who is the other yeah, yeah. the alternative sort of um, the personality of of uh, Chiba, which is t- yeah, took yeah. me a minute to figure out what was going on with that because I was like. Anyway, it's it it is very obtuse in a lot of ways that make it yeah, not very yeah. approachable for a lot of people. This is definitely a film that would not be made in sort of the Hollywood structure. I feel like it just would never get made like this. Well, I think I think they tried to with Inception, didn't they? Like they were like, Let, yeah, let's, somewhat, let's, yeah, let's try and. I mean, but I think I think we're, they're going we're, for different. We'll probably though. disagree on this, but I I would say that Inception was heavily inspired by this film yeah but they're also going for very different meanings i feel like there's certain things yeah so what what themes what themes do you think were brought out in this then i think like a lot of like inner mad desires that people want to live out through their dreams into 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 their reality 
like being mm-hmm. being the king of the parade and that that kind of thing it's, it's very self-centered um for for some characters within their dream dream states um I think like one of the things like you know because obviously the CEO who who can't walk and the only the the main reason for him being like the, I guess like he's like seen as like the bad guy but like he's only really trying to do it because he wants to be able to walk again mm. so I guess like his it's not like that, quite that though because it's not just walking again it's also like he wants to like invade other people's dreams and become like the sort of master of reality in some ways like at the end he's like taking over the entire world basically and wants to be some sort of god i think it's a bit more than just wanting to walk again <laughs> like maybe well, yeah start, but like i but guess like it starts from yeah. that like sort of thing so so from my point of view this seemed to be so ha- see i was trying to remember i was trying to remember <laughs> what the phrase I was i was trying to remember, remember the, f- the phrase i can't remember who said it i'm sure there's a quote about um about movies and well movies being um basically like a a machine to allow the audience to all dream of the same thing mm-hmm. i can't mm-hmm. remember who mm-hmm. quote what the quote is from or whatever i thought it was a hitchcock quote but it's not um anyway but it, to me it felt like very much talking about movies and movie culture yes, and the ability for people to be able to agree. dream the same dream and share obviously share dreams together but also there's parts of it, especially with like the the scientists. So I think the first scientist is Himuro, who is the sort of assistant to, um, is it Tokita? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously you go into the his apartment, and you see all the sort of anime figures and all the sort of manga stuff going on everywhere, and I think it might. I think I mean I've read I've watched some stuff afterwards, so it's sort of reaffirm what i was thinking but um mm-hmm. i think it's a lot about anime and manga culture i think it's they call it otaku culture yeah otaku, yeah and basically people becoming so obsessed with animes and manga and other culture and other sort of pop culture stuff that they sort of lose sight of their own reality and what and what's going on in their own lives and they sort of that they become almost just completely obsessed with this dream life and less obsessed with what's going on in the real world um and it felt like a lot of it was sort of connected with that uh and also like obviously the american movies i watched a, i watched a documentary after what i watched this film and then i watched a documentary about the director uh yeah, satoshi so. sorry Sat, satoshi satoshi Kong. satoshi Kong. um and it went through like his previous films and stuff and it was quite interesting but one of the things that was interesting came out of it was he wasn't actually that big of a fan of manga and anime. He was like he did that early on, and that was what he that was his like discipline, and that was his um, sort of sort of medium that he, he used. But a lot of the time, he was more focused on American and you know sort of Hollywood stories and other books and so mm-hmm. on. And 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 it, and it yeah like that's why it probably why it feels quite different to a lot of manga a lot of anime mm-hmm. um but yeah because yeah. yeah, it, it definitely does does do that doesn't it it does feel very but i mean it just still has like you know like the the, the, the the way the characters are drawn so like yeah. you know the um the head scientist like he's like really small and he's got like bug bug eyed you know sort of yeah yeah, yeah. it has a lot of the he's same still very like caricature-ish yeah. but 
but it does have a certain amount of like i guess you're right like the americanism realism to it and it like felt like you know the bridge at the parade crossover it felt like it was very like you know the golden gate yeah. bridge at the so it felt like it could be set in yeah. America, but it obviously wasn't set there. But I think I totally agree with you. The whole thing, like, I think the film, one of the main or the biggest theme is like, like spending too much time like watching films and sort of not being in reality. Mm. And then like, I'm balancing that with like your working life or just your day, your day life and like how that can affect you emotionally. And like, it's basically trying to say like, you need to find the balance. It's okay to watch films, yeah. but you don't want to spend too much well, time. Even like Paprika. So she's the alternate sort of personality of Chibi, a Chiba, sorry. Even that is like, to me, it felt like Chiba was the real person. And then Paprika was her sort of dream separate yeah. personality of what she'd want to be sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it sort of took towards the end until like, she, I, see, I don't know if I'm writing this, but I feel like, is it correct, like, at the end, she sort of accepts that she's in love with this main scientist guy, um, Tokita? So she's, she. when I went back and watched it, so obviously, yeah, Chiba is in love with uh, Tokita. Like, when you go back and watch it, so there's a bit where, you know where the cop and Chiba sit down and the cop realizes that it's Paprika yeah. and then Tokita starts talking about, like, the dream machine and he starts getting really excited about it you just see like um chiba she's just like smirks the right, entire time right. she's just like mesmerized by yeah, like how great he is like him. Scientist, so yeah. she's always been in love with him but she <coughs> accepts but she's she yeah but she's it. always it's always like the, the the size of him and stuff is always an, was always an issue wasn't it like it was always size of him and how obsessed he was with other things seemed mm -hmm. like an issue and then towards the end she sort of accepted him for who he was i don't know that's sort, sort yeah, of yeah, how yeah, about yeah. Anyway. yeah but no, again think, it's a similar right, sort of thing of her dream self wanting to be potentially feeling like she should do be, be a different person or whatever and then at the end when she becomes back being she's herself again she decides actually no i, I need to like this this is reality he he's who mm -hmm. i like whatever it was interesting yeah it was, and it's <clears> the same <throat> with the cop though isn't yeah. it like because the cop's trying to like he's trying to solve this crime but he's hung up on this thing that he did you know when he was making films with his friend and like the film is about him sort of like figuring out like what was wrong with it you know because it's like he was sort of set up to be like the cool guy who's going to get the girl but actually the main point of him is something completely different yeah. and it's just him trying to figure himself out and be okay with who he is which is really cool it just the whole film does it in an extremely weird obtuse weird way, way. I yeah, think, yeah, like, it's not very clear at all like when you look at inception uh albeit you know it's a much longer film but they have like scenes in it which tell you the 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 tools of the world which they're going into yeah. and the parameters whereas this there yeah. there is they touch on it slightly but you don't really you have to figure it out yourself don't you yeah like you you kind of not take the, the film doesn't take you along with it the film's happening and you've got to try and jump on somewhere yeah, keep up and yeah. try and like make sense of it which I found a little like as a as a watcher, just you know, just uh, you know, I knew I'd be like speaking about it, but just trying to watch it just for enjoyment purposes. I was like, this is you know, kind of hard. <laughs> and you know, I don't watch a lot of anime. I don't know if it's just a feature of anime in itself, but it was just hard I, to kind yeah. of really get much of a foothold into what was going on. 
a lot of the time. And it's not approachable I think, at all. Like I think so. I think like both like Johnny, you you've hit the nail on the head there. Like I think one of the things about anime is like because it's animation, it can just and it just is a lot of the times. It's like you know things things like Attack on Titan or Akira or you know any 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 sort of you know even Ghibli like you know Spirited Away, even though they do a bit of hand holding in Spirited Away and, and the Ghibli films, like crazy and they just use the page to just like double down on what can happen you know it's sort of everything is on the table all cards are on the table because they can just do whatever you want and i think if you're not into anime i think you're right it can be it can be quite jarring because i i got to like the end of the film and i was like did i did i understand Mm. what just happened i know i enjoyed it but i don't know why i enjoyed it And I think the things that I enjoyed about it were like, you know, when the reality started blurring into to the 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 dream world and like everything got really explosive. And like remember the bit with the sort of like the Japanese working man all jumps off the building and they're all like smiling yeah, and stuff yeah. and it's all a bit weird and, and like robots are like flying around and and like she's flying around in a little Clyde and it's just like the sheer imagination involved was the bit that I was like really into. Mm. And then I was going to deal with the fallout of like what actually happened after the film. Mm. I think because the pace of it is really um, quick. I think it moves on fast, and like the actual animation and the stuff that's happening is like really amazing and wacky and like beautiful in parts. But then you also like I was looking at that like my eyes were on that, and then I was trying to read what the subtitles <laughs> were saying. I was like, who's yeah. this speaking again? And like trying to like. That, that is in, an issue, I put think. Put that into the story and, and everything else. I'm just like, I'm not saying that I can't watch a film and like read the subtitles at the same time. No, but, but it, it's definitely there's like, an, an extra layer of 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 obs, like, of being obscure. So like, you, you're gonna read the subtitles, but to read the subtitles, you got to take your eyes off the film, and especially in a film like this, which is so detailed and so like so much stuff going on, it's sort of hard to focus on both things at once. Yeah. So you. Uh, that that that's where like a dubbed film might be a better watch, you know, for, for a better version of this. I'm kind of I'm kind of a little bit sad that I think it wasn't able to watch this dubbed. Too. I think it would have probably gone down a bit smoother. Mm, I mean, yeah, but does this film like so? That's like I guess like because right, listeners, this film is very difficult to talk about. I knew it would be very difficult to talk about, and I knew that like I was gonna find it difficult to justify what it has to do with space no i think it completely has it works for me for space totally excellent like good i'm glad okay because i was like no no the interesting like like, some of the scenes i do i've never seen them before like where she's like the the, specifically the bit where she's she's like she walks into a dream season she doesn't know she's in a dream season and she's in like a role she's in like a theme park and she jumps over a where she jumps over that barrier and then suddenly she's grabbed and, and she realizes she's actually jumping off a off like a apartment block uh, balcony and stuff. Mm. Like the way that they yeah. play with where the characters are in space and it's really clever. And it's, I think it worked, I think it worked perfectly for this. Like, you know. And again, there's that bit, you know, where like she's flying, or she's walking through like the back sort of like street and then she finds like the sort of Takita, like dolls and they're shaking their heads and then she walks past and then this sort of shape is like a sort of fairy on the side that mm. suddenly becomes her and then she's able to fly and yeah. like go through down into like the hive and then she comes out and she's in a woods and stuff and I was like, you know, it's 
It's playing with space. Yeah. It's playing with spaces. Like it's playing with like what you can and can't do with reality. The other thing that I find out is I've watched every good space film <laughs> in existence. Yeah. So that's why. Um, and a paprika had been on my list for a while. Yeah. Um, is there any like anything, any sort of mo- moments in it that you like really, really enjoyed, or maybe particularly? Uh, I quite liked the gross scene, but it's, it's not. Like I liked, but I found the the actual parade with all the different cr- like animals and creatures and various other objects. The the music that went along with that was like strangely terrifying um but, but like i wanted to see more like more of it but like at the same time i was like this doesn't seem like a healthy place to be um, <laughs> so did you watch the um so that like that was like you know the weird vocal thing that they used mm. and stuff that was like a new thing that they'd used at the time it was the first time that that had been used um and like they'd used like whatever like software or whatever it is like as like since that film has been like used multiple times and is massively popular after it but like, i think that yeah you're right it added to that weird like fun chaotic creepy but also totally edgy mm-hmm. like you know put, it puts you sort of puts you on your, your the edge of your seat sort of like you kind of um it's off-putting in a way but also nice it's weird um, i liked a lot of the detective stuff I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Paprika That's as a cool. character was quite quite fun. Um, I like the bar that he visited and stuff. It's just like interesting use of the dif- different worlds. Obviously, it was like a log. It's like a chat room thing on his computer. But you have this sort of imagery of him going to this bar. It's like sort of private bar and stuff. I I, I liked the the mood of the film. I yeah, it definitely isn't approachable. There's some parts of it that I found difficult to watch. Just mm. just. Just like hard to understand. I will say, I did. I was quite tired, and at the end, of the, towards the end of the film, I did fall asleep. Um, <laughs> yes. I was kept drifting off. Uh, yes. t- right towards the end of the, the big, the big sort of finale. So I what I sort of like got oh, to the end, yeah. and, then I, and then I rewind and watched the last twenty minutes again, uh, again for like just so I understood what was going on and stuff because. But I think that was more just of a case of I was just tired and it was mm. just one of those. It reminded me of watching Ghost in the Shell of you at the cinema and literally oh, falling yeah, asleep for half right. of it and I felt really bad because I spent all the money on this watching Ghost in the Shell and <laughs> missed a load it's, of it. It's also like a really good film. I know, I know. So yeah. But yeah, I it was it's um graphically and some of the stuff they're doing is great. Um and it's just really beautiful and really fun and plays with your mind and sort of perception of realities in some ways um but it is maybe a bit too obtuse in parts and a bit too confusing a yeah. bit too clever for its own good a lot of the time do, do you think that either of you well, i know johnny this is the second time you've seen it but if, um would you watch it again and of your own free free will like like be like legit serious like if you um i wouldn't know there's no judgment. i don't think so i feel like yeah if I think it'd be it'd be valid it'd be worth watching again because there's probably loads of things I'd pick up about it, but I don't I'm not that invested in it enough that I'd want to watch it again. Like it was fine, I'm glad mm. I watched it. There's some cool things in there, but I'd rather watch other pieces of it, other films in his work. I'd rather watch Perfect Blue or Tokyo Fire Red Fiber or something rather than watch. I haven't watched that, and if anyone is considering watching Perfect Blue, please just read a little bit about the film before you watch it because it's quite 
heavy. It's interesting. Um, it, it, I've, I was watching a documentary about it, again, about all this, about um, the director, Satoshi Kon, and that one sounded the most interesting to me. It's basically about a uh, sort of like pop star, sort of celebrity girl, like who, it's about her dealing with like, what it's like to be upset we have fans obsessed with her and like sort of in, sort of like being famous but it's like i guess it's probably more even more like uh relevant these days with like all the sort of you know fan obsessed internet personalities and stuff you get um but it seemed quite interesting quite dark it seemed like as well from what i understand uh a lot of um what's his name uh what's that film called uh, is it Aronofsky? Darren Aronofsky, is that his name? Darren Aronofsky did, um, what's it, Requiem for Dream and... Oh, the Requiem Yeah, yeah. there's a film, anyway, he re- apparently he references, he literally takes scenes from that film and like redoes them as an homage, supposedly. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Requiem for Dream. Wait, so wait, Satoshi, Satoshi does it? No, Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky oh, right, takes, yeah. literally lifts scenes out of Perfect Blue and stuff with that, and then like reads yeah. So like, it was in, I've seen like interviews with Satoshi talking about that. I like, saying like, well, you know, showing the com- two comparisons of the, I think he he was kind of a bit upset about it, and then Darren Aronofsky was saying, oh, it's just an homage to you, and it's like it's exactly the same scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely, but Johnny, would you um? Um, maybe. I mean, this is the second time I've, I watched it, although I couldn't remember anything really from the first time. I mean, it wasn't massively offensive. Um, it was. It's just like you have to really be in the mood. Maybe if, maybe if it was in the cinema and like I could properly like focus on it and yeah, hundred percent full attention, no distractions whatsoever. I'd probably. Why did you watch it the first time around? Uh, what I led you to? I was wanting to get a bit more into anime at the time. And <laughs> Whoa, um, wow! I think wow, I think okay, this was a num- like one of a number of different animes that I uh, I s- I saw ha- were rated fairly highly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really, uh, really high. I keep wanting to get into anime, like more TV show animes, but then Ta- every time Ta- I try and watch one, I'm always just like, it's not that good. Not have you got have you got um have you got Prime? Yeah. There's one called like Vindaland or something like that, King of Vindaland or something like that. That's basically the the basically one of the directors of Attack on Titan right. left, and they this guy did this this TV yeah. program about sort of like England and 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 mm-hmm. um, Vikings, and they got him in because he did a really good job of this anime. I mean, I could I could tell you. I know. Loads of, basically, I just want to I want to just watch. Death Note again or, or Naruto because they're the two ones that I loved when I was in, in uni. Ain't, and I, ain't nobody got and time I really want to watch more of it, but De- Death Note's great, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, I should probably, there's probably loads of them that I would love, but I just, some reason I just never get into them. Um, and like, even like Studio Ghibli, I love Studio Ghibli, but I've not watched a lot of the film. There's still loads of them I haven't seen. Um, and I should probably just catch up and watch them, but it's just, yeah. Yeah, you, I think you guys should. I think you should. Um, Mission a trick. Uh, but that's okay because there's so much, like, you know, it's the beauty of film, guys. Mm. There's lots. 
talk about. So the only thing I want to say is I've watched that one scene of the uh, head doctor where he jumps out the window about six or seven times now. I just keep watching it because he's like so good the way he starts talking. Oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, wait, it caught me so off guard. Yeah. I was like, huh? what the, what's going on? And then he just jumps out the window. I'm like, what? The? So what I did notice is when he jumps out, it cuts to a dog like eating his dinner. And then when he comes out of it again, out of the dream sequence, it cuts to a dog in his kennel. Mm. Not explained. Just happens. Whatever. Um, last thing is, I think this fairly quickly is... I mean, I'm obviously just riding on the wave right now, so it could change, but I think this is one of my favorite anime films ever made. Wow, okay. Really? Interesting. I vibed off this so much music i've been listening to the soundtrack this week it's incredible um watching it again i was totally like just into it um i think there's just like loads of layers that i could sink my teeth i into, think this is this um, is definitely is one of those good. films that you can understand that people like it's like their favorite films or whatever because it has so much depth it's like with like the shining yeah. and stuff like i know understand the people some people watch it and go oh yeah that was fine whatever it was a fun little horror flick whatever but then I watch it, I've watched it so many times that I've seen so many things in it that I love. And yeah, I can imagine know. with this film as well, it's, there's a lot in there. It's, it's, not, it's not my favourite. It's just up there. Like, it's just, I think it's, it definitely gets to get added to the pool of greats like Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Spirited Away. Like, you know, it's definitely up there. And I, I understand why people rate him so highly. So. So, so after this, he was supposed to do a film called Dream, Dreaming Machines. Or Dreaming Machine. Yeah. And then he ended up getting pancreatic pancreatic cancer, and he had, I think he had yeah. six months left. Um, and yeah, like that's still the still like, apparently they they like did loads of stuff with it. Like, they they already yeah, they already they like couldn't. done load of the animation, and they were trying to figure out a way of releasing it. But it doesn't seem like it's probably ever gonna come out. Um, no, Mad Madhouse the have sort of come out finally and said that like if it's not him then they don't want anyone really but touching I think it. So they just there was a documentary about that whole saga with that that film and him as well. It came out last year, I think, but I haven't watched it. Um but supposedly it's it's pretty pretty interesting. Um what I was watching online. So yeah, it's I've watched yeah, I watched the <clears throat> as I said before, I watched a documentary about him and his sort of career and he he is a quite an interesting guy and it's like I'd worth it's worth watching some of the interviews with him and stuff. He's very like He's focused. He um when he did he was on about when he was doing his first I wanna say his first like main feature he did, he um I think it was perfectly what he was doing. He like yeah, basically worked so hard on it and didn't sleep or anything for like a month that basically when he finished he had what was it he had? He had something was it when you turn did John this when you turn yellow? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was in yeah, hospital. Yeah. It was like this. ill in hospital for like a month afterwards because he'd spent yeah. so much time intensely working on it. It was like it put him. It made him ill afterwards, which is yeah. yeah. Key. Like, you know when you're watching the clips and like you just see that cigarette bowl just growing, <laughs> like it just gets bigger through the like as he's making films. It's like yeah, he's a focused man. So, but yeah, I think. Right, I don't. There's not again. There's not a lot we could no. say or do. But if you're interested in anime and you want to see something weird, go watch this. It is very interesting. You gotta go into it. I think knowing that it's a bit of an oddball, and you gotta sort of just go yeah. with it. Um, just yeah, just ride that wave. Um, so let's hear from the internet. Um, who rode that wave and maybe didn't like that wave? I think we struggled, didn't we? I think Ant's the only one that's got 
one. Yeah, basically, usually we look for our one star or zero star reviews for for the films we're reviewing. And I think with Paprika, because like you have to sort of go out your way to really, especially in the Western world, I would have thought, you have to go out your way to watch this. People who are going to watch it are probably quite big fans of either Stasha Khan or of just anime in general. So it probably goes down a lot smoother for those people. And so basically there was very little in terms of the bad reviews. But I did find a couple. So my first one, <laughs> first one, uh, is a one-star review. It has great animation and score, but Paprika is confusing and it doesn't make any sense. What a mess this movie is. And and you can never get it, no matter how hard you try to understand it. That's from David. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David L. I feel I feel like we got we got it. We got it. I have one from Philip. Um, This isn't a one-star review. This is an actual uh, critic review from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Um, What? So uh, it says, um, I like how it's so general. Watching anime is like hearing a foreign language in which you are fluent but not native. However much you believe you understand, you can never really be sure you totally get it. I think that's actually really true, you know. Bit of a riddle, that one. Because there's like, especially when I was watching um, that, that Ghibli documentary and there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm just like, I wonder if I'm just not understanding the, the culture so different that I wonder if just things that is totally going over my head. Um, I think in this film as well, there's, I feel like there must be a lot of little nods and cues to different things that I'm just not I'm fully understanding a lot of the time. It, it, that is a pretty... I think that guy has just made like a massive like he's just understanding a lot like imagine other cultures and not understanding them because you're not part of that culture it's like yeah Yeah. imagine that imagine that's like yep there you go I hope that he's now been awoken to all of the world and how it works okay I've got another couple here so from Paul D Paul D hi Paul three star rating so not, not not bad rating really but uh, question mark, question mark, mm, question mark, question mark. <laughs> okay, you try watching it and explain it. <laughs> so you give it a three. I guess though, he was, so yeah. Like I guess like he was just a bit out of, out of words to describe it. And then like, I, go on, sorry. Go and on. then Daniel P says uh, it's a two and a half star. Too mental to be enjoyable. So, mm. Big words. Well. Let's find out if it was too mental to be enjoyable when we rate it against our other films. So, so far in the... And I'm just going to start from the top. Number one, Moonlight. Number two, Blue Ruin. Number three, Green Room. Number four, Escape from Pretoria. Number five, Unleashed. Number six... Black, black, right, black pitch eye, black. Pitch black. <laughs> there we go. Black eye, pitch black. Oh my word. Hey, that is the first time that I've thought about those films in a row since the last time we recorded a podcast, which was last week, I think. Um, all right, boys. How do we even uh, go about doing this? This is horrible. Listen, I know where I think it should be. I think it's a fair, fair assumption for where it should be. I think it should sit somewhere between Pretoria and Green Room um, and Blue Ruin. 
I think it sits in that in that sort of. I'm not saying it's as good as Blue Ruin. I'm not saying it is. By the way, please. Like I, I think I personally think it is, but I know, I know it's not in terms of in terms of the three of us in this podcast. But I think it should sit somewhere in there, personally. I, I think that but, like this film has got like potential, obviously, to be like a like a, like someone's favorite film. Um. But not yours. I I think you have to put time into it. Like yeah, it's an hour and a half, probably because you need to watch it three times. If it was three hours, you have to watch it three times. That's nine hours. It's quite a lot. But like, you have to work away and watch it and be more familiar with the characters and probably do some more research. Although I feel that in two thousand and six, it probably would have been quite hard to do any external research on, on this at the time maybe but mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. with that in mind um i would probably yeah i would i would put it they not conf i would unconfidently put it between escape from Victoria <laughs> and green room because i feel like i enjoyed escape from Victoria more but I feel like I could enjoy mm-hmm. this more on repeat watching. I feel like this is deeper. This has got a lot more to say, I feel like, than Escape from Victoria. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh. Escape from Victoria feels like it's a much simpler it's, film. Yeah, it's a basic sort of, film that everyone can yeah. kind of... It takes you along with it. It's like yeah. wooden keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the thing that, like... So Escape Victoria, like... I think the things that were negative about it were, like, the accents weren't great... And like I think they used the same set piece over and over again. But I know that was the point of the film. I, I get that. It's not. It's not a bad film. But I think the things that were good about this film, I think, were better than the things that were good in Pretoria. Like I think it's a beautiful film to look at a lot of the time, and I think the soundtrack's really good. And again, I like, think it's quite marmite though, isn't it? It's yes, it is marmite. Like if you, if you're into sort of thing and you want to put time in, you're gonna really enjoy it. Like but I say, it? for example, Mel hated it. Like, well, she didn't. She, I think, she gave up on it halfway through, basically, because she just, she was just, yeah, absolutely. She just couldn't get into it, which is fair enough, because it is like, I knew, yeah, Mel, I know it's okay. Like, it's fine. I, I knew that you wouldn't enjoy this film. Yeah. Like, I, I picked it knowing that it was going to be. Crazy I, I also like when I, I watched thought. it, I wasn't sure if I was enjoying it or not. There was parts of it I was liking, but then it's also <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm trying to figure it out. Again, like I feel it's like if I watched it good. again, I would be able to pull it apart a bit more and understand it a bit more. I would say I'm happy to put it between Green Room and Escape from Pretoria. Okay, I think I am okay with that because because there's okay parts of it that. I understand that are really a good film and I, I really enjoyed, but also it's just it's so like obtuse in parts. I feel like they probably could have done a better job of pulling you in and making it a bit more uh, like mm. understandable. I, I just don't think he cared about doing that, but I feel like if he, if if it was. You know, if this was if there was a version of this that came out, if it went through a different studio or whatever, and they had to make a bunch of changes, they probably could have sort of made it go down a bit smoother. Currently, it's it's yeah, it's um you have to really put time into it, I think, to understand it. I think it's sim- I think okay. it's also similar for like Moonlight as well, in some ways. Like Moonlight is it's a much more approachable film, but there's a lot stuff going on that you if you after repeated viewings and thinking about it a lot longer you sort of pick up on um mm. it's not as like it's not on the surface as some of the other films we've talked about on this on this list 
But um, yeah, I would say fourth going above Escape from Pretoria. Cool. I've chosen three really just, they're all very different from each other, but also I think they're all intense in their own way. So we've got currently number one, Moonlight, number two, Blue Ruin, yes. number yes. three, Green Room, number four, yes. Paprika, number yes. five, Escape from Pretoria, number six, yes. Unleashed, and number seven, Pitch Black. I need one of you guys to knock Green Room off third place. I need someone to rock knock it off third place. I just we cannot end Green Room. I mean it's a good film, like it's alright. Sorry, no, so it's not good, it's alright. Uh, we you both of you just need to pull something out that's gonna knock that. He's off. going next so week. So who's picking next? Who's uh, going next week? Um Is it me? Actually I remember. Is it Ant? Well, I haven't got a film to pick, so uh, <laughs> I'll uh, have to I have a who's, choice. Who's, Okay, good. Yep. You have a choice. Okay. So, you, so the, the film I picked is another very literal one. So it was escape season last time. It's space season. So I picked Colour Out of Space. Oh, nice. Uh, Excellent. Which features Nicolas Cage. It's a, tw- a 2019 oh, sci-fi horror. 19. Wait, is this oh, the... Um, yeah, this is the film. Is this the, the film with the... Spaceship that's alive, or is it a different one? No, it's a different. No, one, no, it? no, no. It's the one where the meteor lands. Oh, okay. And then things start getting like crazy. Interesting. Okay. Lovecraftian. Sounds like fun. I'm. I'll watch this. Oh, boys, we've just picked loads of intense films. <laughs> I feel like I need, I need to pick some a bit easy going. Uh, I'd. I'd. I'd uh, can you pick uh, a space, Disney? <laughs> space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> That would be number uh, one. Uh, yeah, pick space okay, jam so and make sure that it's number color one. Color out of space is the next next week's. Color out of space, Nick Cage, very exciting. Oh, and by the way, when we say next week, we, we've now just so people are aware, every people must be aware of this. We've gone to a, a, a every other week sort of uh, a release schedule, um, just to be better, a bit better on our on our daily on our lives in terms of what we're, what, how much work we're putting into this stuff. It's just a bit bit easier to do that, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's it is a bit easier to do that. Um, you know what else is easy? Uh, contacting us and telling us if you enjoyed Paprika. If you went away and listened, if, I mean to be fair, if you've gone away and you've watched Paprika, then it's done. We've done our jobs. Yeah, fair dues. Thanks for doing that, lads. Yeah, thanks. Sir. Yeah. Um. So you can like tell us how you felt about Paprika by following us on Instagram at the Movie Quest, or you can email us at podcast at themoviequest dot com and let us know if you enjoyed it as much as. We think we did. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Tell us. Right. Let's call it there. Let's call it there. Let's end it. Let's end the pod. Just want to say thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Movie Quest, and we will see you next time for Colorado Space. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.